Work is no longer just about productivity and metrics. It's about people. And when we focus on positivity, communication, belonging, and development, the numbers take care of themselves. This is Work Human Radio, where we talk to authors, researchers, and business leaders about the latest trends making work more human around the world. Here's your host, Mike Wood. Welcome, everybody, to another Work Human Radio. I'm your host, Mike Wood, and I am joined by an old friend and fan of the whole Work Human movement, and we're a fan of her, uh, Lena Valentine. Welcome to the show, and can you just tell people a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me. I am the proud co-founder, servant leader of a media production company called Skill Scout, and we're workplace filmmakers. So we live, eat, sleep, and breathe the stories of the workplace, and we've made it our mission to really capture the humanity of jobs and people at work through the medium of film. And so that's what we've been doing now in some shape or form over the past six years and continue moving on. How did you get started with that? So a lot of this came from the early work that my co-founder and I had done at our previous employer. So we're former design researchers at kind of an innovation design firm. So for those folks who've heard of human-centered design, design thinking, that's where we were professionally raised. And inevitably, my role there was to turn really ugly research video into documentary-like films. So I kind of became a visual ethnographer, if you will, going into people's homes, learning about their experiences, whether it's a 32-year-old mother of two shopping at Target, or inevitably, what would change my life and in the course of my career was a project on youth employment. And so that's what really started it all. We were working on a project starting around 2011 aimed to connect young people to employment. And this foundation saw this national problem of 6 million young adults not in school or in the workforce. And how do we connect them to more meaningful pathways to employment? And so we really immersed ourselves in the world of workforce development, really immersed ourselves in the world of employment. And inevitably, what we find is that especially for young people who may have never left their neighborhoods, young people who don't look good on resumes, the hiring process was shutting them out. And certainly there were many factors of why all of this was happening. But one of the things that we realized when we took a step back was that you cannot be what you cannot see. And if you have young people who've never left their neighborhoods and lack access and exposure to jobs and job descriptions don't show what a job is like, you know, we really kind of lack this opportunity for them to be successful in careers that they may not have even heard of that they could be amazing at. And that's when we saw the power in video. That's when we saw the power in storytelling. To initially use film just to get young people excited about the world of work. And it started to work. And so really at the essence of what we, we started doing was just filming jobs in a simple way that could just get young people to understand whether or not this would be the right role for them. And then it kind of really took off from there to see that this wasn't just about young people. This was just about other communities, quite frankly, all job seekers who inevitably are struggling to understand if this role or this company might be right for them. And that the current ways that we were trying to expose them to these careers just was missing the mark. That's inevitably why we came to do what we do to bring jobs to life and, and get people excited or self-screening themselves out about what these roles could be like for them. You look at a lot of job descriptions and you don't, it's all boilerplate. You're not really 
sure what the day-to-day is. So I think showing people that putting themselves in that seat, that this is what you could be doing, and these are ways that you can up-level your skills and different paths that you can go on too, because everybody's first entry-level job is probably not what they're doing right now. And what I've told any intern that I've had in the past is I've said, your first job, like I remember I came out of grad school and I said, I'm going to change the world. And then I'm like making copies and I'm like putting together binders. I'm like, why am I doing this stuff? Well, everybody starts at the bottom. And so- And every career- starts with that first job, no matter what it is. And it may not be connected. My first job, I was a dancing dinosaur at 15 at the Field Museum, right? But all of those experiences of being out in kind of a professional setting or getting paid, especially when you're a teen, means so much in terms of how you view the world, how you view work. And so exactly what you said, every career starts with that first job. Yeah. And I talked to the people at Fuel 50 a couple weeks ago. And it's not like, okay, you're going to be this job for the next 40 years. And if you keep doing good work, we're going to move you up in levels in this job. Well, that doesn't really exist anymore. Nobody's stuck at the town steel mill working. So showing the different paths and different ways you can go and different opportunity is great. Uh, I wanted to talk about your Humans of Work series. It's something you recently did. What is it? Where can people find it? Yeah. So a little bit of background on that just as a whole. Humans at Work is a film festival and documentary series that really serves as a creative outlet for our team at SkillScout. So it really is an extension of what we do. But inevitably, it is about kind of pushing the boundaries to some of the films and stories that we're telling. So typically in our work, We might be working on behalf of a company where it's about that person representing the brand and talking about their experience. And what we saw was that we actually wanted to flip that. For us to tell meaningful, authentic, raw, and emotional stories, what we have to do is start to put that person first and the brand becomes part of the background and becomes more of a character that is supporting who this person is as a whole. That what we are isn't just an airline mechanic. We have families. We have reasons why we've gone into this work. We can talk more about the purpose. And so inevitably it came about because I was inspired by the former head of diversity and inclusion, Denise Young-Smith, who said, there's not enough positive stories in the workplace. Positive stories have the power to shift bias, counterbalance, and form our brains in new ways. And that's what we wanted to do because some of the most gratifying experiences that we've ever had filming has been capturing people who you just know were meant to be doing what they're doing. You find that doctor who's worked their whole lives dreaming to achieve what they could achieve or that CNC machinist who at three years old was already picking apart their radio, right? And you start to get some of these stories. And we found that to be so beautiful that we wanted to lean into that a bit more. And so Humans at Work inevitably is a series about people who have found their career purpose and are here to share their story, tell their story in hopes that this can really inspire other people to find the meaning in their own work and to reflect on what work means to them. And so that as a whole is kind of the precipice to why we started it, a creative outlet, an opportunity to build community around something and to push ourselves to tell new stories about the meaning of work. And authentic stories too, because 
If you're talking to someone and it's part of a company produced video that is about how great it is to be a part of that company, it's not authentic. But I found that we've done a bunch of humans of work, human episodes where I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm just trying to introduce some of the people that work here. And they've been some of our most listened to. Like, let's listen to some actual people and their stories and what gets them going and how they got to where they are today. And it's interesting, right? Talking on work human, I really have been inspired by Steve Pemberton. I remember that with Steve himself, he himself has an incredible story of perseverance and what he's been through. And I remember hearing him say that none of us look like our story. And certainly none of us look like our story at work. And so often many of us are afraid to share what that full story is. And that's the kind of courage and confidence that we love to capture. Yeah. But now with COVID, is everybody seeing a part of that home life? I just had a meeting with my boss and my daughter ran in. And so it's just like you're seeing the actual people behind the work now more than we have in a long time. Yeah, we've definitely been forced to. And that was the big reframe is that this isn't working from home. This is working at home during a crisis. And what companies really have to, I think, realize and get on board for is that work is now coming to us. This is our turf now. And we have to be a part of setting what some of those ground rules are, what some of those boundaries or inevitably the the level of transparency that we can all be comfortable with. Because yes, at any moment, I would not be surprised if your daughter popped in, said hello, right? (laughs) And and we we have to not just only extend grace for that. Inevitably, we have to celebrate some of that as well that this is just what work is looking like right now and we have to extend grace and we have to hold space for parents and for others who where home is a bit untidy right now. And that's okay. Usually at work, you never know what somebody's dealing with and you never know like what they're bringing home. And I think the stress from home is going to be brought into the work and the stress from work is going to be brought into home because you have your phone. There is no unplugging that I think you really need to show a little bit of empathy now and just be like, okay, this person, it's like every time I hear politicians say that nobody wants to work, they just want to sit around and collect unemployment. That's not the case at all. People want to work. I get excited to work and just take a break away from dealing with the kids. And, you know, my wife and I fight about who gets the opportunity to work. That's not the problem. It's more of understanding that we're just trying to get it done on a day-to-day basis. And what I've enjoyed seeing is that some of the leaders at my company, they're dealing with the same stuff. So it just levels us out a little bit more. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting what you said, right? Where I feel in previous generations, work was work and you had a persona at work and then you had your persona outside of work especially for folks who were on the margins where sharing their identity or identities was going to be at risk. And now we have to understand really quickly how all of that converges, especially now when we are working at home, that those stories are something that is coming to light. And, you know, to round it back, that's why we started Humans at Work, was that this was not just about the beauty and the glamour of the work that we do. But it was also like, here's some of the shitty stuff too. Here's some of the things that I've had to experience or withstand, be that at work or or at home, that inevitably have made me who I am, right? You don't get spring until you get the rain. 
flowers mm-hmm. don't bloom until you have the thunderstorms. And so we wanted to share the flowers blooming and the thunderstorms. And that's why Humans at Work became so important to us because inevitably it is about relatability. It is about inspiring others that regardless of our industry, regardless of where we come from, there's some commonalities of just what it means to be human, to be a human at work that all of us have questions around. Like, am I making the best impact I can make? Does my vision and purpose align with the vision and purpose of this company? I read this quote that one of the most common aspirations we have is to be remarkable. And if we are majority of us spending the majority of our days at work, we want to be remarkable at work too. Yeah, love it. I mean, we believe that everybody has a right to grow and feel appreciated and to make a difference. People want to make a difference. They don't want to just go and clock in nine to five for the next 30 years. Exactly. Um, And it actually, you know, in kind of reading, you know, certainly some of the research from Mark Human, right, of especially during that first year, that new hire getting recognized and feeling mm -hmm. special. I would say one of the things that we saw as we were filming was that that's what we were doing for people. Inevitably, we had this end outcome that is about showcasing these folks in order to build the employer brand or attract folks or engage employees. But the biggest differences we were making was that for the 10 people that we were interviewing and holding space for, that was a moment of celebration for them. That we were framing that you were selected, you were asked to be here because you are doing such amazing work. We want to highlight you. We want to celebrate you. And oftentimes, it's the first time they've ever been asked to do this. You know, when we started our business talking to, you know, 55-year-old CNC machinists, tool and die makers, they're not getting these kinds of self-reflective questions every day about why they do what they do. And boy, when you get them going, they can talk for hours about how passionate they are about manufacturing. And that's what was so special. It made us feel like, wow, what an honor that this person is sharing this story, maybe not necessarily for the first time, but certainly in a way that would be shared publicly and that we needed to hold that sacred for them and to do that. And inevitably, it was about highlighting them. It was about making them feel celebrated and inevitably making them feel more engaged and loyal to the company and the mission that they were working for. Well, I love everything that you do. If people want to find you on Twitter or go to your website to look at the Humans of Work, where can they find you? Yeah. So my email, Elena at Skill Scout. I'm all on the Twitter sphere and on LinkedIn. And you can find our film festival and documentary series at humans at dot work. And that's where we're kind of extending and showcasing some of these stories and outlets. I love it. Well, thank you for joining us today. I hope that you stay sane and healthy during this time. <laughs> and I look forward to the next time I can actually see you in person. Yeah. That would be pretty awesome. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. For 20 years, WorkHuman has helped leading brands build cultures of gratitude and human connection. Their solutions work in the best of times, the worst of times, and all the time. Let them work for you in turning isolation into recognition, connection, and celebration. Get up and running in minutes at WorkHuman.com.